Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. Blind support. A blind friend has to print an attachment to take to an appointment. She FaceTimes me so I can check it's printed okay. I only see black. She turns on the lights. Okay, now I see your face and the ceiling. She switches FaceTime to use the camera on the back of the phone. Okay, now I see part of the page on the table. Left a bit, up a bit. Okay, I see that instruction was ambiguous. I meant lift the phone upwards towards the ceiling to fit more of the page into the field of view. Not move the phone away from your body and thus up the page. Alright, instead of printing the attachment, you've printed the email with a little icon at the bottom showing the name of the attachment. So she hangs up, has another go, and calls me back. It's all black again. She turns on the lights again. I see your face in the ceiling again. She switches cameras again. Okay, left a bit, up a bit, forward a bit. Yes, it looks like you've printed the attachment. I read aloud some sample text from it so she can be confident it's the right one. It wasn't though. When she got to the appointment, it turned out the people who had emailed it to her had attached the wrong form. <sighs> I can't even imagine having to deal with that. Um, it's You can tell summertime's here, the, uh, the ice cream truck shows up right in the middle of a recording. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it's it's bad enough dealing with companies and their emails and attachments and everything anyway, uh, but being visually impaired really must make that a lot more of a challenge. I will have that monitor. Disclaimers. This is a story from a company I used to work for and was alleged to have happened before I started. I cannot categorically say that it is true. But knowing the subject of the tale, I have no problem believing it. That was back in the days of CRT monitors. The story was told to me more than a few years ago, and I don't remember the actual sizes, so I'm using values which seem appropriate for the time. Our cast. Admin, the victim of our story, or at least one of them. Cal, the antagonist. Had the social graces of a bull in a china shop, but was of the female gender. Story time. One of the admin staff needed to do some work which required a lot of information on the screen at the same time so was upgraded from the standard 17-inch to a 21-inch monitor. So far, so good. They came into the office the next day to find that their monitor was gone and a 17-inch was in its place. They called internal IT to report this. IT came to her desk and confirmed what had been reported. They looked around and found the 21-inch monitor sitting on the desk of Cal. A bit of a mystery, but IT hefted the monitor back into place. 21-inch CRT or a tad on the heavy side, and returned back to their cave. Next day, repeat performance. Monitor was again on Cal's desk. This time, as well as moving the electronic mountain back, they spoke to Cal and told her not to repeat the unauthorized relocation. There was a little bit of discussion of how she was actually doing it, as she wasn't that strong-looking. Third day, and it's happened again. Talking to Cal obviously was not working, so her manager was informed and a locking ring was glued onto the monitor, and a Kensington lock was used to physically attach it to the desk. Problem solved, you would think. There would be no tale here if that was the case. Day four and the monitor is again gone from its assigned desk. All that remained was a cut lock cable. The 21-inch monitor was sitting on Cal's desk, next to a pair of bolt cutters. <laughs> Aftermath. If there's any justice in the world, this would be the last day for Cal, but she was still there when I started working at the company. It seems that she won her argument and kept the monitor. Another was purchased for admin. Not the ending I would have liked, but sometimes life is just like that. 
may have actually been a bike lock rather than a real Kensington lock. Perfect timing. I can't imagine Cal was that valuable to the company that she would have just been dealt with like that, like just ignored and placated. I've never known anyone to be valuable enough for a company to uh, just look the other way for all that kind of stuff, that nonsense. I can't connect my iMac to the internet. Hello there, this is my first post, so I hope all of you enjoy it. To put you in situation, I work in tech support for a grand telecom company. I usually work as back office, but when it's required, sometimes I take calls to help the front desk to keep a good service level. Today I was taking calls when the next call occurs. A lady, let's call her iMac lady, says that she's having many issues with her internet connection, and last time that a tech went to her home, didn't change the router, but the TV decoder. So after a brief complaining about our tech services, it starts. iMac lady, my internet doesn't work. I can't connect my iMac. Me, are you connecting via Wi-Fi or via cable? iMac lady, Wi-Fi. After a few questions, it's clear that she's only having trouble connecting the iMac. Other devices connect perfectly, so I start making the typical troubleshooting for this case. Me, can you see your Wi-Fi SSID on your iMac's disponable networks list? And I had to look disponable up, means available. iMac lady, yes. Me, can you connect? iMac lady, no. Me. Any error messages? iMac lady, no. Me, okay, I'm gonna remote log into your router to see if there's any issue with your Wi-Fi configuration. So I remote log in and there's iMac lady's iMac connected. So I say, pardon lady, I'm seeing your iMac connected to your Wi-Fi. What's the trouble? iMac lady, Google doesn't work, it stays blank. Me, can you write in the browser any web that you use often? iMac lady, the web browser doesn't open. Me. Ma'am, a web browser must open even without an internet connection. I heard an incomprehensible gibberish and click. What a nuke-sized dumbass I dodged, I think to myself. So I guess we get no resolution on that one. So she was connected to Wi-Fi, but her browser was blank? Not understanding that. Unless her default home tab was messed up, maybe? It was coming up to, like, the regular Google page and that confused her? I don't know. Printers? Too complicated? Not. This is a really, really short and not very good story, but it happened last year and I just remembered it now, so here you go. Characters. Pop, my grandfather, actually quite experienced with computers. And then there's me. The story. So I'm visiting my grandfather's house, can't remember why, and he asked me for help with his new printer. I've heard horror stories about setting up printers, so I was fully expecting this to end in screaming. I accept the request and follow him to the computer, where I see him with the print prompt open in Chrome, with Print to PDF as the selected printer. Why saving as a PDF in Windows is exposed as a printer, I have no idea. Pop. When I hit print, it asks me to choose a folder. I tell him it's because Print to PDF is selected, so I ask if we can select the actual printer. I open the printer list, and the printer isn't there. Me. Are you sure the printer's even plugged in? Pop. Yes, but you can check anyway. I check, and sure enough, it's actually plugged in. Me. Looks like it's plugged in. Might need a driver. Pop. Well, find the driver then. I decided to first try the Add Device button in the Windows Settings app. I didn't expect it to work at all, but surprisingly, it picked up the printer and enabled it for use without even needing to restart the computer. I was genuinely shocked that that worked. Me. I don't know how that worked, but you should just be able to select the printer now. He goes back to Chrome, tries to print again, and it automatically selects the printer. The print button gets pressed and the printer spits out a printed sheet of paper. Well, you got off light there because I'll tell you, over the past few years, I've had probably four different printers in the house. And uh, 
Wi-Fi printers, they'll work fine on a cable, but on Wi-Fi, half the time, especially the Canon ones, uh, just get all glitchy and weird. It doesn't matter how they're installed, how they're put onto the network. They just never seem to want to stay working for more than a month or two. And then everything goes nuts. And honestly, one of the best printers I've had, uh, we've had it for about four months now, five months, uh, is this little Epson printer that we got. And uh, A, the ink lasts forever. I mean, I know you get a lot of ink and it's not cheap, but the print quality is good. We don't have to change the cartridges as often. And I never priced it out ounce per ounce, you know, from cart small cartridges to the refill bottles. But yeah, and it just works. It, it picked up on the Wi-Fi like that and no problems. Uh, even my dumbass could install it. Sometimes there's just no pleasing people. Another tale from the olden days, the 1980s. I was a supervisor for a field service and support for a computer company. We had recently sold a complete system to a local public agency. Nothing new for us. We had hundreds of customers who were similar. The director at this agency had picked D to be the site contact and project manager, and she had a few issues. The contracts were billed by certain milestones. Contract signing, installation, database conversion, final sign-off. Hardware maintenance, my part, was billed by installation date mostly. 90-day warranty, and then we added items as they were installed. Again, 90-day warranty. So we install the main system, run an acceptance test, customer signs off, warranty starts. Small peripherals, mostly terminals, were added as the customer requested. However, in order for our training staff to work, we had to have a number of their terminals installed temporarily, and we moved them later when training was over. So we'd install 10 terminals in a conference room, and the customer would rotate staff through until everyone was trained. We'd been doing this for years, and no one ever had a problem. Until D. The project manager for my company called me. D had an issue with the training setup. Could I call her? I'm a bit surprised, but dealing with customers is my job, so I call D and ask what the issue is. D launches into a speech about how my company's trying to rip her off. Why should she use her terminals for training? Why should the warranty be used up for something my company needs? This is outrageous. She will not allow our technicians to unbox and install her terminals. This goes on a bit and I'm dumbfounded. I don't really have an answer and she's really heated. There's a sense that us greedy corporate folks are trying to take advantage of poor public agency. Oh, poor you! She winds up on a very high horse. Did we do this to other customers? What did they think about our slimy attempt to cheat them? I couldn't think of anything to say other than... I don't know what they thought, no one ever complained before. Dee knew he had been selling systems to agencies like hers for 10 years, so now she's kind of painted herself into a corner with all the indignation. I'm trying to think of a way out so she can save face, at least, but doesn't lock my company into some kind of giveaway. I tell her I'll talk to various people at my company and see what the options are. I went and talked to project manager for the product in our office and tell him what happened. He blows up. Dee's been fighting him on all kinds of tiny issues. She totally doesn't trust anyone in our company. He's been trying to work around her, but she's the designated contract officer. He and I work out that if she'll let us use her terminals for training, we'll agree to not start the warranty until they're installed in their final locations. Not a big deal. We lose a little bit of revenue, but if it gives Dee a win and makes her feel better, it's worth it. Dee accepted our offer, and later we found out she was actually under a doctor's care for anxiety and was on medication. She eventually was moved out of the project manager position while she got treatment. So as somebody who deals with anxiety issues, and I know there's all different types and there's different circumstances, and I know not everything's the same, I get it. But I can say that like D, I can get a little edgy sometimes. Um, 
while I myself am dealing with anxiety, if somebody else directly adds to that anxiety, um, I can snap. There's not a doubt in my mind that I'm a little more capable of being not quite so nice if I'm pushed a little bit by somebody after already being over the edge a little bit with somebody else. So things tend to build on themselves and the anxiety level just gets higher and higher and it becomes more difficult to deal with. We all deal with it in some way, shape or form, I'm pretty sure, but you know, not everybody needs medication. Some of us do. And, uh, yep, you just learn how to deal with it and, uh, make the best of what you got. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.